Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. Hello and welcome back to Be Real. It's me, Diana. You here today? She's here. (laughs) I am here. (laughs) You are here, girl. I see you. I see you. So how is it getting? (laughs) So it's there's a struggle. We have wait. (laughs) How is it getting yourself together today? I think you mentioned that you turn your computer on like an hour before we start to make sure we're not going to have any technical difficulties. Have technical difficulties. <laughs> so I'll let everyone know we've been working from home for seven months and I work from home at my dining room table, right? So my dining room and my living room kind of, you know, together. And so my family, which includes my partner and now my niece lives with me, they hate that I take over the living room. So today I got kicked out. Um, they were like, yeah, no, we need the living room. You said you don't really work that much on Fridays. Yeah, but I do. I, I do a podcast every Friday though. Like this doesn't change. And so now I've been moved to my bedroom, which means the desk that I have is much smaller. Right. And I'm trying to, and, and then my Wi-Fi went off today, like twice. <laughs> and then I never know if my mic is really working or if I'm too loud or am I not loud enough. It's so never- so not easy working from home doing yeah like doing a podcast from home when everybody else city, is home. So it's always like like ambulances fire department like you hear everything outside. everybody's and home I, I have to get rid of all of that I know <laughs> today when we're trying to get to the end of the podcast and like life is happening and all of a sudden because I do mine upstairs and like people keep coming and standing on the landing and asking me questions and I'm like oh my goodness no 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 and then like you don't want to text while <laughs> the guest is looking at you but then like you're trying to stay focused <laughs> on what's going on in the podcast and like it's like oh right and he's leaving he's going away for the weekend and I'm like okay mm. <laughs> just there's so much that happens that happens um but we do have a really good show for you today because it did turn out that even with all the distractions that were happening in both of our lives while we were trying to pull it together Our guest, Christine Gutierrez, also known as Cosmic Christine, is amazing. So, Adnisha, who's going to read her bio? Because we're going to figure this out, too. You doing it? You want to tell everybody about Christine? I think I'm doing it. I think you are. So, here it goes. 
So Christina Gutierrez, she is a Latina licensed psychotherapist, life coach and expert in love addiction, trauma, abuse, and self-esteem. Gutierrez is also the author of the number one best-selling book, I Am Diosa, A Journey of Healing Deep, Loving Yourself, and Coming Back Home to Soul. Christine is also the co-founder of the Soul Book Masterclass, where she helps people find their soul's voice and turn it into a book. And the great thing about her is she also offers a transformational retreat, such as her annual Diosa retreat in Puerto Rico, as well as the Diosa Tribe, which is a global community where like-hearted women come to heal, rise, and lead. She's also been featured in Time Out New York, Latina Magazine, Yahoo Health, Ebony, Huffington Post, and others. Sit back, relax, and um, yeah, let's get ready for this. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm excited. You excited, Diana? I'm excited. Everybody sit back and have a listen. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. Be Well is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, Be Well offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. Back to Be Real. Um, This is Anisha. I am here. Diana, are you with me today? I am. I am fully present. I am fully present today. I am here. And I'm excited. Why are you so excited? Because I'm excited too, though. (laughs) (laughs) Because I've been following our guest on Instagram for so long. And sometimes people become like mini celebrities in your head. And then like you get to, you know about them. So I'm dying to like find out in real time a little bit more about Christine. Christine, welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, let's just jump right in. And why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? I consider myself a healer and uh, a shadow worker, someone that holds space for people's pain, shame, trauma, um, all the dark corners of people's lives, really. I most relate to modern day shaman that is this medium between two worlds and really helps people to connect between the the mundane world and the spirit world and helping them to collect back the pieces that they've lost. And so, you know, when we go through traumatizing experiences in our life, we, we lose certain pieces of our connection to ourselves mostly. And so the journey then becomes me holding space to help people bring back those lost pieces to reclaim themselves. And, you know, since as early as I could remember, I felt this connection to spirit and I also felt a connection to human suffering and wanting to alleviate human suffering in whichever way I could. And, you know, I I grew up in Bushwick in Brooklyn 
Um, and my, I remember walking down the street on Myrtle Avenue, I would beg my mom to, you know, let me speak to homeless people and ask them their story. And anyone that was marginalized, I, I needed to like make them know that they were seen, that they were heard, that they mattered. It was like a mini therapist, I joke, you know, <laughs> but that never went away. That desire to help never went away. And it, it, it hasn't gone away. It's only gotten stronger. So I, I believe that that's my soul call, my purpose. And I've been following that ever since. What a beautiful beginning, right? To really like have found that part of yourself so early and know that you, you could see it and that you could then manifest into this beautiful being who's still helping and creating. Now we looked and uh, we talked about it in your bio at the beginning. You didn't hear us. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are (laughs) one of us trained as a therapist, correct? Yes. Yes. Therapist too. Well, we like that. Cause we like to see how we like to see how therapists are using their skills in different ways. And I think that like, this is such um, it's not traditional, but it's also, it is traditional. Like it's also, it's more traditional than the work that we're doing now. Right. Cause you're going back and you're really going into the soul and shaman work is so important. And Nisha, I know you have a question. I can see it on your face. So I'm going to let you take over from here. Cause I want to jump into the book, but I want you to ask the question first. <laughs> <laughs> So when I was kind of looking at all the many things you do, therapist, life coach, expert, um, one of your expertise is in love addiction. And I was really intrigued by that. Can you tell um, our listeners a little bit more about that? I never knew love addiction was a thing. You know, I had heard about addictions growing up. I had heard about alcoholism. I had heard about drug addiction, but love addiction never crossed my path really. And even when I was doing my, my, uh, studies in my master's to become a therapist, I didn't hear about love addiction. But what happened was, was that I saw love addiction very present in my life. <laughs> and um, probably in your sessions too. Which oh, yeah. And so when I, I faced that within myself and I, I remember, you know, being like, this feels like an addiction, right? Like feels like I'm powerless, feels like I want to keep getting a hit of love, even if it's unhealthy for me regardless of the consequences, I would go at all costs to get a hit of love, Mm -hmm. right? Sounds very similar to someone that's addicted to something and that despite the consequences or the damages that it has on their relationships, on their mental health, in in their everyday habits, right? It was interfering with my life and yet I couldn't stop. I knew that there was something wrong. I knew that there was something up. And and I went on my own journey of healing that for myself. I signed up for Codependence Anonymous. I, I was uh, diving into uh, therapy. I went to Slaw, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. And I was just trying to find any kind of resource that I could to really unpack and understand that. I knew that I was placing so much of my worthiness and my happiness on someone else. I felt so empty and like I was looking to fill up my vessel with another person. Eventually, I knew that it wasn't just me. I knew that there were other people that were struggling. I knew that it was actually a thing. And sometimes knowing, right, and naming things can give us the power to free ourselves from them. And that was the case for me. I was able to name it, work on it, uh, you know, go to therapy, go to these programs, talk about it, research it, and slowly one day at a time heal it and inevitably my clients that would come to me were also then suffering with uh this this thing that they didn't know they had and they were like wait a minute holy shit, i i am a love addict right like right. 
I would love that too. And so it really became a big part of, especially the earlier years of my work, where I was really helping people, particularly women, mostly women of color, but all women that were looking to find the love within themselves, find their divinity, find their wholeness, and not place their worthiness in the hands of someone else. Okay. I love everything that you said so much. It's just what what a beautiful way to sum it up and look at it, but also what a gift to be able to help people heal from it. Because love addiction, it is so real. I mean, when you're describing it, it's like how to get into that next relationship, how to like have that high, how to be in like that, like when you fall in love, it is like psychotic. And so it's like you have that feeling and you want that adrenaline all the time. And then if you can't like relationships can sometimes just be a little bit boring. And so like understanding that and getting to that next phase of a relationship or the fit, actually the phase of your life that like you can fill yourself up and fill your cup by yourself and that you don't need another person because then you become more whole and then you are a better partner and your relationship is so much stronger as a result of all of that, which is such an excellent segue into your book. (laughs) So um, first, tell us the title and then tell us, uh, before we get into the actual book itself, I want to know how you birthed the book because it feel, I just started to read it. And as I, as I'm starting to get in it, like there is, the book itself feels like a rebirth. So I want to, I want to hear the whole journey around it. Yeah. So the name of the book is I am Diosa, Mm -hmm. a journey to healing deep, loving yourself and coming back home to soul. Diosa is the Spanish word for goddess. And for me, the whole book is really like a journey to being able to look at those shadows, to look at those core emotional wounds, to look mm-hmm. at the triggers that emerge from those wounds, from those blueprints that we downloaded um, growing up and in mm-hmm. our life, um, to become like a spiritual archaeologist and navigate kind of like our inner emotional terrains and looking up those bones of the past and really looking and seeing, you know, which parts of us need mending, which parts of us need love, which parts of us need attention, rocking, holding, uh, nurturing, so that we can put back our pieces in a way that makes sense for us in a way that really honors who we are. And every single part of the book has soul work. So it is, you know, a very active journey. It's not the kind of book that, you know, I I joke that it's not a light read, you know, it's heavy. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a spiritual surgery. Uh, It's deep. It's deep. And it's even the kind of book you can bring into your therapist's office. You know, sometimes people don't know what they can talk about in therapy or they get scattered and they're just kind of, you know, regurgitating everything that's going on without a structure. It can give people talking points to kind of dive in each chapter and say, hey, I want to explore this today. I want to explore, you know, who was the first person that broke my heart? You know, how did show up in my life? Where did it, where, how do, where do I feel that in my body? And really explore those questions with your therapist. And so, you know, the process itself of writing this book, I've been doing this work for a little over 10 years. The beauty of it was that I got to see people do this work throughout those years and see the effects in their life, right? Like yesterday, I got to do a live with one of my Diosas, and um, she's this amazing PhD professor there. Shout out, who has a Brooklyn. <laughs> um, and they're two uh, Afro-Latina twins born and raised in, in New York, in Brooklyn. 
one of them was my client and she found me because she was Googling me one rainy night, she says. <laughs> she was like, one rainy night, I was online looking on Google and I put Latina therapists love addiction or like she put like messed up relationship. It was something like that, right? And she found me and, and thus the journey began. And, you know, really, I, I always attract these strong women who are already badasses in their life, but that are struggling in some other areas, right? Which we, you know, we can all relate to in some way. Uh, being able to see the before and after, being able to see the work work, right? And being able to, 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 to see how throughout these journeys and these retreats, these Yosa retreats that we would do, you know, pre-COVID in person, um, a lot of that was the inspiration behind the book, right? Bringing that deep spiritual work into a book format. And I knew that I wanted to write something that was going to be able to stand as a, a companion that people can turn to and, you know, take their time working through and have tools that they can look at whenever they need it. Uh, if you're feeling a trigger, you can, you know, go, go to that chapter and look at, okay, what are some healthier coping skills that I could do? What is, what are some questions I can ask myself? And for me going on this process of writing, it was, you know, first of all, it was natural and effortless because everything that I do with my work is coming from my soul. So it's, it's not like I have a choice, you know, it's like spirit tells me to do something and I have to do it. You know, I'm just listening to what spirit God source wants me to do. I'm just like, you know, little just vessel. a vehicle, yeah. you know, and, and I'm happy to, because it's aligned with me. And sometimes it might go against my growth edge, right. Where I'm like nervous. Oh my God, I have to stand on stage or, Oh my God, I have to do this thing. But ultimately uh, it felt like this is the next right action step. And it took, you know, a while. It was a one year process to do the book proposal. Along that time, my mentor killed herself. She committed suicide. Uh, and it was, I had to pause everything. I had to stop. I had to, you know, put my book proposal to the side and just mourn. So, you know, life happens no matter what, even if you're, you know, even if you're on path, right? Like hard, difficult, uh, excruciating things still happen. That was part of my process of writing the book, right? Like during that process of my book proposal, I had to mourn. I had to think in that this woman that taught me a lot of tools also didn't make it. Right. And so like the, the, the balance of holding that these tools work and also sometimes mental health, right. Not having that additional support that she needed didn't give her the opportunity to, to survive. Right. right. And I say that because I take it very serious. This work is very serious to me. I, I don't believe that it's, you know, I think we need to talk about all things and to take away the stigma around the path to healing, that it can be really hard and that we need to, talk about the importance of having all those tools, right? Like not only the spiritual, but the therapeutic as well and having a grounded approach to spirituality. So to make a long story short, throughout that process, I, I then deeply committed um, even more to the work. And I knew how important it was for me as a licensed therapist and a spiritual teacher to talk about this combination and how important it is to not spiritually bypass over things or just to lean too much into one area if you actually need more mental health support. So that deeply impacted my decision to write the book and how I wrote the book. And I felt her spirit was guiding me as, you know, as always. 
And then, of course, you know, the, the practical steps of getting the book agent, right. you know, and then pitching the book and, and all of that, because that's a whole process as, a, as an entrepreneur learning how to, you know, get that book deal. And, and so I was really blessed. I had a perfect book agent who really believed in my message. And, and then I got signed with, you know, one of the top publishing houses that for me as a Latina woman was a really big deal for me to be with, you know, Penguin Random House. And uh, the the imprint is Tarcher Perigee. And they really, like, the moment I walked in, they were like, we love you. We want you to do this. And it was this huge boardroom. And, you know, my agent barely spoke. It was a room full of women and only him. He was <laughs> silent. Oh, he had nothing to say. <laughs> he was so He's, like, the best. So loving. Yeah, and it felt right. Everything kind of felt right. And it all it all aligned. Quickly, I was deep diving into your website and there was this quote by Robin Moreno mm-hmm. and she said that you were a much needed voice in the all too white world of self-help. So when I read that, I wondered, did you realize that women of color needed to hear from you? Part of, you know, your decision in doing this book. Oh, yeah. Uh, like the reason why I started the Diosa tribe originally was because 10 years ago, it was still like I clung to whoever I could find that was a woman of color. You know, I remember like I was like, oh, she's black. OK, I'm going to grab her. She's okay. <laughs> Indian woman. Grab her. Like I was like trying to collect whoever I could. that was a woman of color and like hold tight to them because I didn't see. And even then, I still didn't see anyone that was Latina um, at the time in the specific wellness, personal development market. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't see. I would go to Barnes and Nobles and it was Domiguel Ruiz, the four agreements. That, that was it. That was it. <laughs> My one older Latino male. That was it. I had no one else. And so I knew that th- there was a missing voice and a piece of that. And I knew that I needed to create the space for that. At the time, Gabby Bernstein was really huge. And people were coming to her and then com- finding me through the grapevine through her, right? And then saying, oh my gosh, I loved this spiritual work, but I needed someone that was more raw or more gritty or you know, that had more of this, uh, this woman of color perspective. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and when I heard that, I knew that the community was speaking and saying, you know, we really need this. We need, you know, representation matters. And that was, that's always been the fuel behind everything I do. Like more than anything, um, I tell people I'm proud of the book and I'm proud of the work, but the, the, the massive motivation from my heart was doing this and holding space for, uh, women of color being able to stand as a representation of that and pave the way for other people to do the same has always been what I do, right? If I'm healing myself, then I share those gifts of healing with someone else. If I'm writing this book, then I'm sharing how to open up the gateways for other people to do the same. Because that's why white people have had the opportunity to, because they've been given the spaces you know, to be at the boardrooms and then say, and, you know, obviously this also has to do with socioeconomic status also plays a part in it, right? It's racial and it's also money, right? Money talks. Knowing those two things and saying, how can I be in a place of using my privilege, using the the opportunities and the connections and lending that and sharing that, right? So that other people can get into those rooms too, right? Because then it's easier. I can I can then say, okay, you know what? Brujas of Brooklyn, I want them to get a book deal because I already know the people. So right. that I can just send them an email, you know, and that's how we grow. And, you know, my dear friend, Anna Flores, who created We All Grow Latina, a summit, she always says, when one grows, we all grow, right? We need, we need to see that. And when people are buying my book, 
yes, they're supporting me, but they're supporting an industry that's very underrepresented. And they need to know that we sell books, that we, that we, <laughs> that we yes. so they can keep giving us big book deals, you know, not no little book deals, big book deals <laughs> for our time and our energy and for our, our impact. That's really, that's, that's the most important thing to me, I would say. Well, well I, I'll, I just want to say thank both, you as a black going. woman, as a therapist. Thank you. <laughs> and I want to say that it's, I mean, I was going to say the same thing as uh, the white woman in the room, also knowing that like, I can hear my voice everywhere. Not that I don't want to hear some of those voices. I do, but I'm very, I've always been committed to hearing the voices of women who don't look like me so that I can get a better understanding of what's going on in the world and what a gift that you are bringing and like really being able, when I started to read your book and you can feel the difference. Like I read the beginning of your book and I read the introduction from Yoga Girl and then we move into your voice and like you can feel where it's coming from and you can feel the difference and you can, you can see not, it's not a struggle, but that there was a fight like, and you're here and you're being, and you're solid and you're giving back a gift. And those are things that we uh, here at Be Real really want to put out into the world. And we really want to make sure. And I also want to go back to the idea of the compliment for the therapeutic process, because one having that book, especially for Latina women who may be new to the therapy process. Again, white women go to therapy all the time, but like, this is something like a gate. It's like a gateway. Like you can start in your book and start doing this work and realize that your spiritual life and your mental health can come together. And then you can go into your therapist's office and be like, I didn't know where to start, but I did. I I went dug deep into this book and now I know I had some shit I need to work on that I didn't really know was standing in my way. Yeah. And encouraging people to find therapists that match them. You know, I had many different, you know, I, I, I'm of the school of the thought that every season you need a different medicine. You know, you have to tune in to what you need. Right. I, my first, my main therapist is this older Polish woman, you know, immigrant Mm -hmm. woman, (laughs) super spiritual, um, also Scorpio like me, very intense. I love her. And she helped me greatly. Right. And then when I felt that I needed um, a therapist that could understand some cultural things that I knew my my Polish therapist might not identify with, I found a Latina therapist and I got to do some work with her. It's important that people know that. And and what a gift when I hear people write to me, so many people and other Latina therapists and black therapists and all these women that are writing to me saying, well, this does so much for me professionally as well to know that I can do that too, or to know that I can hire someone that actually relates to my spirituality and my, and my need for mental health, how the two don't have to be separate. So there's so many gifts in, you know, all of us, right? This is a message for all of us to be who we authentically are and share that medicine with the world because it's very unique. Each person comes with a unique medicine and, um, and it's needed, you know, it's really needed right now more than ever. I think we need we need that. The world is showing us all the shadows that have always been there. But I think with social media, we're coming to a different face of like having it be in our face in a different way. Um, we have, you know, all the racial uh, revolution and injustices that were brought to the surface. We have COVID, right? We're living in times that we've never lived in before. And that means we need to be more spiritually fit because 
the two are not separate, right? Like you can't be spiritual if you're not showing up for the injustices of the world. You can't, you know, you have to do both. We need time to, to really look at our inner world and also simultaneously look at the outer world and look at, you know, how can I show up? How can I be of service? And we can only do that when we, when we look inside, when we, when we give ourselves the opportunities to face those things, because the more we are in those traumatized places, the less energy we have to show up for the world. It's important that we do this. The two go hand in hand. So of course, I was like, of course my book would come out during the shadow. The veil has lifted at the shadow. It was like Scorpio, you know, like it was just all of it. Of course it would. My book wouldn't come out during a light breezy time. No, spirit knew. Spirit did new. No. And that you can, and it's like that time that you have to sit and get deep and reflect because the world is around you to do such a thing. I know for myself, prior to being a full-time therapist, I was a yoga teacher and was able to really like bring my yoga practice back in a way that I haven't been connected to it in probably like the past 10 years, but that there's at the very beginning of the shelter in place, the very first thing I did was like roll out the yoga mat, sit and sit in a different way than I had been and was able to just go back to the roots of it all. I I'm currently, I'm tooting my own horn, but I'm currently in like a 30 day, (laughs) 30, I like a 30 day yoga challenge to like really get into the body in a different way. And I, I'm more clear and more present and, um, my dreams are different. So it's, it's been very, I, well, I'm excited now because now that I have your book, I'm going to like add it in to the rest of the yoga practice and see, see what else comes up for sure. Yeah. And I'm telling people if they can, if they have the ability to listen, obviously I know that, you know, for, for different health reasons, some people prefer audio over hardcover or hardcover over audio. But if you have the ability to hear, then I highly recommend um, getting the hardcover and the audio book because my voice carries energy and I, I know that I transmit a lot of my activations and my, and so if you are able to get the, um, audiobook and the hardcover, so you can do it alongside, have me reading it to you. Um, and then keep a journal alongside you so that you can do that. You can dedicate a journal to this specific book. And then lastly, like I said, if anything comes up, uh, sign up for therapy and work through it with a licensed therapist. I love the idea of you reading to me, Christine. I love it a lot. (laughs) Christine, we were thinking about, you know, um, what is your hope for healing, right? And so I was reading the book, and in the book you say, there is more beyond the pain, beyond the suffering, the trauma, the self-sabotage. But first we must look at the soul wounds. Can you talk more about that for me? You know, it's my belief that in order to access the light, in order to find the healing, we have to look at what hurts first. We have to look at what's bleeding, what needs loving. And so for me, that soul wound is the thing that has disconnected you from that place of wholeness, you know, and uh, you can also relate it to this part of you that any part of you really that feels an emptiness, that feels a loneliness, that feels an ache looking at those parts of you and saying, okay, you know, what is it that's hurting within me? What is it that is needing love? Um, What is it that needs attention? And being able to explore those parts of us gives us permission then to say, okay, what lives on the other side of that, right? Like what lives on the other side of that wound bleeding? If there's a wound of abandonment and what lives on the other side of that, well, is a feeling of connection to myself, a feeling of connection to that I'm safe with me. I'm safe and I can trust myself and therefore 
hopefully, right, allow other people in that will mirror that back to you and say, I, I, I can be safe to receive that love. But ultimately, then we have to look at that first original wound of abandonment. And so this is what uh, this is where we start in the book is really exploring that core. I love the whole idea around it being the soul and that there is like in the wound, it is deep, it's in there and it's in your soul. And like when you heal your soul, you start to like really you brighten up you can feel it. Like you present, you come into the room in a new way. You come into the world in a new way. Um, it is clear from this conversation and from your book that you have done a lot of this healing on your own um, in the work that you've done. And you have recently stepped into the light, into uh, what I'm gathering from my own projection as a beautiful union. <laughs> <laughs> I am projecting. So I like, I am, you've recently gotten married, like yeah. right before, right before the dark. <laughs> yeah. So for me, there's a lot of things that changed on the outside of my life when I started changing, obviously on the inside. Right. But mm -hmm. I always tell people that the most important thing to focus on is what shifted on the inside, right? Like my loving myself, you know, my getting sober, my deep reconnection to trusting my intuition. Those are the real things that are mine forever, right? Those are the things that I reclaim no matter what, because life is very, you know, we never know what can happen in life. So I, I always highlight that to people. And the gift, right, is that sometimes the external world begins to reflect those internal changes and life gets better. And for me, that looked like finally letting go of relationships that didn't serve me and walking into relationships that really reflected who I was in the world. You know, my husband, uh, Fernando Semelot, he's a photographer, healer, um, really just a beautiful artist. And he, separate from me, if he wasn't my partner, and, and that's how I met him. I mean, I, I admired his work anyway before I was with him. He's just an incredible soul. And when I look at us, right, like without me being in the relationship and I say, wow, like he's a match for my greatness, you know, for my light. Um, and not to like, might sound a little, I don't know, bitchy, but, but like <laughs> my, my ex-partner, like he was a really good guy and I had already practiced this principles. I was already sober and I was a really healthy relationship, but he didn't match my, my greatness. He knew that he couldn't step into the fullness of what I needed. I'm a powerful woman. I have a lot of goals, a lot of dreams, and I needed someone that wasn't intimidated by that, but not only wasn't intimidated by that, but wanted that and more and could hold that space for myself and still stand next to me and shine bright as well. Right. I always wanted that. That was a gift for me was being able to, to meet Fernando and be able to say, wow, like you have that already. He already was doing that work. He was already, you know, doing that spiritual work. He was already uh, stepping into his purpose. He was already loving himself. He was already on that path. So it was an easy match in that sense. But I wouldn't say that it, it was just, you know, this, oh, yes, this is the light now, right? <laughs> yeah. I would say the total opposite. I think that it represented, just like my sobriety, it represents the light in the sense that it's a beautiful aligned soul choice, but it was still difficult. And, you know, my sobriety was difficult. My, you know, we, we came across tests in the beginning of our relationship. Um, not thankfully between us or anything serious like that, but just having to manage life, everything was really, we joked that it was like an arranged marriage by God. So like 
you know, like God set us up and we're like, okay, I guess we got to do this now. <laughs> and then like everything happened so fast, really. Right. But it, it didn't feel fast. It felt aligned, but it was fast. And so in that, in that context, we really had to stretch and grow and our deepest parts of us had to come up and be, uh, challenged. And we, ha- we got to see these parts of ourselves that were like, okay, you said you wanted this amazing conscious, badass relationship. Now look at these wounds that still exist there. And now what are you going to do with them? Right. And so, um, that was also part of the journey. And I, I, I like to keep it real so that people can have an understanding of yes, while this is an aligned partnership, that doesn't mean that I didn't come across my own fears. And it's something that I still feel like I'm learning how to receive all the love that, you know, cause you, you, you actually get the life you want, right? You do the work and then you have all these amazing things happen, right? I got the book deal. I, I get to do my, my dream work in the world. I have the most amazing community. My best friends are just like the best. They're my sisters. I, life is good. But when you're someone like me that has gone through so much stuff, even when life is good, I'm like, you sure? Is you're like, wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. This seems really good, but where? what's up? Yeah, like, there's something up. Like, where's the joke? Is there a joke? Exactly. Like, did, did I miss something? And that's okay. You know, and, and I say that to like normalize again, that there's a learning curve in stepping into that light for me. Right. Like, and in the book at the end, I talk about that, that I, my journey is to also allow myself to embrace that pleasure more, embrace that love more, embrace that joy more. And really our brain, the way it's wired is that it'll look for the things that it's comfortable with. Right. right. So if you're, if everything's going great, your, your, your nervous system is still looking for something, right. And you and me and everyone that's healing has to do our due diligence to start being like, okay, wait a minute, here's where I am in this actual situation with my partner. Thank God. Right. Like I have a loyal, loving, super transparent partner. And in the past, maybe I didn't have that. Right. So now I get to look at and say, wow. And it took me a while to really settle into and be like, wow, like this is good. I'm protected. I'm safe. I think that it's been the biggest gift of my life to actually meet a partner that's able to do that work with me. But most importantly, that every new next level will require a new shedding, a death and a rebirth, Um, even in stepping into writing my book, you know, that there was a learning curve in that and that it was difficult but it's the good kind of difficult because it was aligned, right? And the same thing yeah. with your partner. It's like there were moments where it's like, this is really difficult, but it's the good kind of difficult. It's the difficult that you know that's bringing you to your next level. And so I'm really grateful that, you know, that my inside world and my external world have been shifting. And I'm, you know, I'm proud of myself. It, it really took a long time. I feel like I'm a slow learner. It took me a long time. I had to repeat it over and over and over. And it's like, okay, finally, a little bit. Like my husband jokes, he's like, now you just, it took you a, a year and a half to realize like you're good. I'm like, you know, it's like, I'm good. Like, yeah. But it's, well, I guess because you have to, once you, d- you're like in it and you're like, this is good. This is good. Yeah, this is good. This is exactly what I should be doing. This is good. Yeah. But that's like the conscious part of it, right? Yeah. And then it's when you talk about soul work, it's that your soul is catching up and then your soul catches up and the internal part and you sit that and the soul is what has to trust it. Like you can be like, oh my God, this looks really good and I'm going to get it. But there is that moment where the healing really takes place. That's and it, it. it drops and into your body. It drops it. Yeah. 
And when you are physically in it and you can feel that shift. And I remember it for myself in my own process that like suddenly one day I was like, I, I feel different. Yeah. And it was, and I was like, what, what is, what is this weird feeling? And is it, yeah. is it going to last forever? And it, I'm like, is it, Do, is it good? And you just start to, you feel that you feel the sense in your body. Yeah, it's um, like dropping from the head into the throat into the body and being like into oh, the heart. I'm getting it, yeah, it's 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 fun. Like I I I enjoy growing, you know, and I think that's why I do this. I enjoy the process of growth. I enjoy looking at those edges and looking at those places where we can deepen to make our lives better. Really, right? That's really why we're doing all this is so that we can live better, more aligned, healthier lives. So it's it's a really and it's a beautiful process to be able to do this alongside all the women that I work with because we get to witness each other's growth. You know, I, I did an IG live yesterday and I'm, I'm mentioning the brew has a book. I'm going to have to introduce you guys, but um, we did a live yesterday. And as always, we keep it real. And we were sharing the behind the scenes of how, you know, we both manifested these amazing relationships and, and we were like, you know, and she was like, I'm gonna keep it 100. Like, she's like, I, I call Christine and I'm like, I'm being psycho. And then I'm like, mama, it's okay. I was just psycho yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I yeah. And, and learning, love learning to not sit in that, right? We don't like let ourselves stay there. We, we give each other love. We validate each other. And we're like, okay, what can we do that's different? That's mm -hmm. the goal. So I, I'm grateful that spirit has trusted me with this book, with this partnership and with my, my, holding space for other women to do the same. So let's talk a little bit about all the other ways women can work with you when even when that were pre COVID, but will definitely happen again. So I have, um, I'm going to be announcing my Diosa tribe membership again, which is going to be very low cost, like 32 99 a month. And it's going to be where you get an opportunity to have me group coaching and meditations and community and, Really, that's going to be my main focus. So if anyone's interested in finding out more, we're going to start a wait list. Uh, you can go to my website, sign up for my newsletter, www.christineg.tv, and find out more about that. If you are someone that wants to write a book, that feels a call to write a book, um, right now, my dear friend Juliette Diaz and I have started a one-year-long masterclass, which is all about writing your soul book, writing the book that you're meant to write. That's really exciting. And it's a whole one year. She's absolutely brilliant. She's an author as well. She's coming out with her second book. We created that because we wanted to share the behind the scenes of what that really looks like, how to write the book proposal, how to write the email to get the book agent, how to really structure it and make sure that it's aligned with your soul, but also marketable and will sell whether you want to self-publish or publish with a traditional publishing house. So that's www.thesoulbook.co. Last but not least, I do Diosa retreats and I have a Diosa mastermind. The Diosa retreat is like a spiritual surgery, healing deep kind of deal, like my book, but in person. And that we will be planning to do next July, 2021, if COVID allows. And I have a mastermind for spiritual women that want to be, uh, you know, badass entrepreneurs, make money, do good in the world. And that's the mastermind. And that's all on my website too. You also have this virtual sisterhood tribe on Facebook. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So that uh, Facebook group will be converted into the membership. So what's really cool is that right now we have over like, I don't know, almost, you know, 1500 people there. And so I decided that I wanted to make that 
more deep and be able to have conversations and have it be more organized and then on a business level be able to uh, have a new source of income that is aligned with the times which I think we need more mm -hmm. sisterhood online because of of the way the world is changing and anyway even pre-COVID I, I always loved having that so people can come from all over the world so that Facebook group will be converted into the Diosa tribe membership nice. Ooh, yeah there are so many ways to get you. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I love, but there's so much of you to give. I mean, there's just like in this short time that we've been together, I've learned so much about you, but like, I want more. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where to go first. I'm going to go with the book and then I'm going to get more and more. It's like the community. And that's right. the cool thing, right? Like once people get there, like that's the best part of it is like you're meeting other badass, raw, real, loving, you know, tribe and community and people we they love it because we need that we cry together we laugh together we share together it's really a beautiful beautiful loving authentic supportive space and it is you can be anywhere in the world you can be yeah. part of this so it does it it's not like right now i know that you happen to be in our neck of the woods but you are you're living in puerto rico correct yeah my husband and i we bought a house in the mountains so we live in the country with my little <laughs> Jitsu dog in uh, in in the mountains of Puerto Rico. That's so lovely. And how's the culture shock of being back in New York? When was the last time you were here? I, I think we were here a year ago. Yeah, about um, right. Yeah, it's different. Like I'm the kind of person that where I am is where I am. Like people ask me, "Do you miss your best friends a lot?" I'm like, "Not really." When I see them, it's like I just saw them <laughs> yesterday. You know. Right. Um, the only people I really miss are like my dog and my husband, really like, <laughs> and like even the place, New York, I don't really miss it. But when I'm here, I'm like, Oh my God, I love it. And when I go back to the country, I'm like, Oh my God, I love it. But really truly who I am is the kind of person that I like a home base and I like traveling a lot. So, you know, I, I, I am looking forward to when it's safe to be able to again, travel safely, um, to different places and have our home in Puerto Rico be our, our home base, but eventually we are going to accept guests and make that into a retreat space. Wow. Yeah. That's the goal with our space is for us to both create healing spaces for people. That's amazing. And I'm really looking forward to when that retreat space opens because oh, yeah. every, everybody likes to travel to Puerto Rico. I yeah. mean, it's just one of those things that we love to do. So I want to just make sure that everybody knows all of what has just been said. We're going to make sure that it's on our show notes and we're going to make sure that it's in our social media so everybody knows how to get in touch with Christine, how to get her book. Um, I hope that everybody's going to get the audio because now I'm having all this wonderful idea about you reading to me for the next 15 days while I finish my deep dive into my yoga practice. What a lovely combination. We are going to get ready to close, but before we close, Adnisha is going to ask you two questions that have nothing to do with your book so that we <laughs> get to know you and nothing to do with the work that you do, but just get to know you just a little bit better from you. a different, from a different side. Okay, Christine. What can you do today that you were not capable of a year ago? Hmm. Manage my triggers better. Even just oh, I love that. I love that you've been able to see that difference in yourself. And then I think that we're going to go with something fun. You have your own late night talk show. Who do you invite as your first guest? Mm, that bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Who? 
Bad Bunny, reggaeton artist, of course. No one did. Oh, okay, guys. <laughs> that was, that was so fast. Like, that was like, you didn't even pause. Like, what? I mean, who else would it be? It, of course, it would be Bad Bunny. Okay. I just right. have friends with him. I don't understand why he's not hanging out with me. We have people, we have mutual friends in Puerto Rico. I'm like, he would love me and my husband. He would do a little meditation for him, hang out. I don't understand. It's it, it has to happen. Like he's gonna be well, in love with us. I really think that now you've really totally put it out there. And I hope every single podcast you're on while you're promoting your book, somebody asks you that same question. So he eventually hears it because he's, he's, he's actually waiting for you now. He's probably like, okay, I got this thing going on and I can't wait for Christine and her husband to show up. (laughs) At the end of every podcast, they don't ask me. I'll just tell them. I think you should just, yes, you should say, you should like a little shout out. Like, Hey, by the way, I have this thing. I have yeah. to tell everybody. They're like, You want to leave uh, the guest with one final thought. If anyone, anyone out there knows Bad Bunny, please. <laughs> so we can be your healer, Bad Bunny. We love you. Oh yeah. my goodness. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a treat. And um, like I said, I'm going to dig into your book and I could listen to you all day. And now I'm going to get to. Yeah. And uh, Anisha, we ready? Closing okay, up. I just want you to know I'm probably going to sign up for one of your courses. The yeah. Healing <laughs> Love Addiction. So Yay. forward to that. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now, now we can end. Now we can end. All right. Okay, ready? Since we're still living in a pandemic, we would yes, like we are. you guys to... Stay safe. safe. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. And and wear wear your mask. All right. We're going to stop here. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week. See you next week, guys. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real Podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.